Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Make some motherfucking noise right now. <laughs> Woo! Welcome to this part of the show. Uh, my name is Mike, Mike Evans, and this is a show called 23 and Meh. Um, I forget what the, what the reference is, uh, Pam. 23 and Me is the dating website? 23 and Me is the thing where you swab your face and find out what race you are. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. Well, I picked a really great show to wear the I'm So White button on right now. I, uh, I doubt that I am actually white just because cops like to stop me all the time. People walk across the street when they see me. I don't know. I don't know why. I haven't showered in a couple months. That might be why. But I think it is a racial thing. Um, <laughs> so tonight on the show, we have a really dope lineup. We have uh, fucking Jaron George. We have Molly Shero and Ben Warren. It's going to be really dope. But for now, you're going to listen to my face talk for a second. Um, so I work at a middle school, which is... Kind of fun because everybody at middle school is just as problematic as we all wish we could still be. Um, middle school kids and old ass people in retirement homes all talk with absolutely no filter, and um, they're just mean, mean as shit. Um, I have little friends though. I have a friend named Sarah who uh, I thought was a really cool person until she told me this really mean prank she pulled on a child. Named, uh, thing with a fake name, named Dan. So basically, in middle school, having a crush on a person is like the biggest fucking thing in your life. And uh, basically, Sarah knew that Dan liked her. Sarah told Dan, she was like, hey, Dan, do you like me? And Dan was like, yeah. And Sarah was like, hey, do you want to go out with me? Do you want to be boyfriend and girlfriend? And Dan was like, yeah, hell yeah. And Sarah was like, psych, you are an ugly bitch. I would never date you. <laughs> Which is, it's funny, but it's so horrible for Dan because I had to see him cry and shit. And um, yeah, and that's the first time I punched a little kid in the face. I punched Sarah right in the face. Um, if you're wondering why I do stand-up comedies, because I got fired as a teacher at a middle school. Um <laughs> punching a kid in the face apparently you can't do that anymore not like the old days right that's what all old people say like oh back in my day you know i used to get punched by my slave master i'm like mom you're not you're not that old you're not that old at all 23 and me i don't know <laughs> trying to think where my lineage might go back to very curious thomas jefferson is always like a maybe because you know he had sex with slaves and shit um, I feel like it'd be really cool to find out if I was Asian American. Be really happy. What's up, man? How you doing? What's cracking? Good. Here at the Twenty Three Me Show, it's a very diverse audience of white people, and uh, one black guy. Two of us, both wearing green jackets. We knew, <laughs> we knew we had to color coordinate with the jean jackets and black vans. That's how we stand in solidarity. We're running away from angry mobs. Uh, the first time I figured out that I was black was, uh, I was jacking off and, um, I always thought jacking off was like a weird, like rolling dice motion. But for me, it was like, I was unclogging a toilet. It was this giant, this giant penis joke. <laughs> 
more Johnny's penis jokes. Um, first time I got an erection, I passed out because it was just so long. It was just protruded. Just it was about about this. You know, I was just knocking people over and shit. And it was just really terrible for. It was a really bad Thanksgiving because that's the first time I had it. And all my family was like, "What's going on? Why are you flipping the table over?" Because <laughs> I'm black, Dad. You don't understand. <laughs> Yeah. I'm at that age now. Uh, oh shit, Spencer. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, good, good. I'm just telling jokes. Talking about my dad. Feel free to walk in. Well, not free. Just feel, feel to walk in. Yep. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> should come in, man. Should come in. Take a seat. It's all nice. It's ten dollars. Tackle him. Tackle him now. No, just kidding. <laughs> That is the bouncer with the nice thriller jacket on. It's pretty fucking awesome. But anyway, my dad, um, he's, uh, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, knock, knock. <laughs> Not my father. Um, <laughs> nah, he's a cool guy. He's, he's all right. Um, first time I caught him watching porn was, uh, was in seventh grade. Uh, he tried to play it off, though. I was like, hey, Dad, you know, what are you looking at at 3 in the morning? There was just women in bikinis just all lined up on this website he was looking at. And he was like, oh, Mike, you know, it's just, see the way these girls are dressed? I, I, I just would never want anyone to dress like that. I'm like, that's really what you're fucking thinking right now? At 2 in the morning, you're just judging, reassessing your morals and shit? Yeah. Like father, like son. Like father, like son. I do watch a lot of porn. I watch a lot. Uh, it's weird to say I watch a lot of incest porn because <laughs> because they're actors. You know, what I mean, they're, they're actors. Like you know, they're not actually related to each other, right? I mean, that's that's the fun in it. I just you know put it on mute because I hate you know when porn stars are fucking and then they they get way too under the character, right? You know what I'm saying? They keep saying shit like, "Oh, we're gonna be grounded for this." I'm like, "No, stop, stop saying that. It's not true." don't want to come at that weird part <laughs> really don't i gotta fix the wi-fi in my house i keep coming when it's on like pause and it's like it's still you know uh, busting a nut is busting a nut but you you always want to like gear it towards something right <laughs> how much time do i have left as a host before i just keep <laughs> grilling myself oh sure, cool um porn again porn 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 oh porn i feel like i spend too much time looking for the video than like when i actually like watching the video if, if i don't know if that's a problem anybody else has no, no I, I feel you you, you want to treat yourself exactly but, then, it, when, but you, when you've watched damn near every video it's kind of like fuck like you're just searching for a very long time like i get to the point where i'm like i'm like tab 23 on the google search thing which at that point, it's like unrelated. There's like other shit. It's like, guess what? Aziz and Sorry wore yesterday. It's like, ah, oh, I guess I'll check off to this. <laughs> Tab 23. <laughs> it's weird. When I looked up my own name <laughs> on, uh, on Pornhub, I was just curious. <laughs> Never know. Could have been somebody in my closet with a camera and shit. 
Luckily, I didn't pop up. Other people have the name Mike Evans. It's a very common name. The, the football player actually did pop up. They like photoshopped his head on another person fucking somebody else. And I was like, that's how famous I want to be. <laughs> that even if I don't make a sex tape, people are like, I want to see his face fuck this grandmother. You know what I mean? Just letting it all out. I'm going to end with this. <laughs> I don't know where I started, but uh, I don't know. I feel like fucking old women would be really a lot of fun. Like, like old, old, like just like, why are you on the bus old? Like who lets you out the house old? <laughs> you know, cause I, I just feel like the, their throats are like elastic. Like you don't know, you know what I mean? I'm just saying you, you don't know where like the vagina begins and the neck ends. <laughs> It's all folds that are all equally as wet, (laughs) just all the way down. And that's where I want to be. I'm tired of these awful blowjobs where I can feel throat. I just want to feel Play-Doh. I want to feel mush. I want to feel warm oatmeal. I'm sorry I never met you before making complete eye contact. This is great. (laughs) This is really great. Um... Shit, 23 and me, 23 and me, old people porn, throat. Um, I don't think I should have pets. Never had a pet before, never had a dog, which really pains me a lot. I, I'm the type of person to see other people's dogs and freak out. Be like, oh, hey, can I touch your dog? And then it's not even a joke. It's just how I feel about dogs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> We have about 45 seconds until your first comedian comes to the stage. Everybody, I would like you to take a big, deep breath and go. And then breathe out. One more time. And breathe out. And that's enough time to kill that 45 seconds. So your first comedian coming to the stage is a person I think I've met before, but I'm not completely sure. Hopefully they're funny. Everybody give it up for Jaron George. Oh, shit. Pass, motherfucker, yeah. Black to black. What are the odds? What were the odds? With that name, you didn't even know, right? Yeah, you didn't even know. Yeah, you don't even know. Mm -mm. Yeah, man. We... We had so much in common. Well, first, uh, these are green, olive green. They had the black shit. No, no, this is cool. It's cool. The lighting, I understand. Um, and I, the dad, um, the dad joke. I was just like, oh man, yeah, both. Of, and then you start talking about your dad, like you see them around. I was like, oh damn it, we don't have everything. Could have shared some. Yeah, you're like the second. There's another black comic in Portland, and he has like positive dad jokes. I was like, we could have shared something too. And I came down here. And, oh man. Oh, that's cool, that's cool. Oh man, I'm having flashbacks here. I miss being in uh, San Francisco. I wasn't I wasn't twenty three, but um you know, I was I was young and I felt, you know, I needed to be here because you know, the weed. I I mentioned this the whole festival, yes. I um love the weed here and uh the East Coast, like we had to smoke it in the basement, you know, like 
like no daylight uh but like the west coast i remember smoking in the golden gate park oh, and the cops were like smiling at you just walking by it was great but like in the east coast because uh, i'm from new york um when my friend has weed we had to go to a secret place and i'm talking about his grandmother's place in new jersey <laughs> newark new jersey that's the only place we could have smoked weed because he felt like it was safe so you gather us around in the living room going hey guys gather around marijuana okay all right no we can't smoke here my, my grandmother's sleeping upstairs and we had to go to the bathroom all five of us had to squeeze into the bathroom yeah right yeah you know this is yeah it reminds me back in college days we're like yeah we're going to the bathroom and then he's like all right it's safe and then he takes out a list a list of jobs for us to do he has like a checklist of things for us to do so he's just like all right chris and um so so we don't get caught so he's telling um, my friend like hey chris turn on the hot and cold water in the bathtub and in the sink okay make sure it's running okay dennis lock the windows okay make sure it's closed i don't know why we had to lock the windows but in the first place I really don't know why, but he was just like, um, oh, and hey, and, and Derek, I need to put a towel under the door, okay? But before we put a towel under the door, Jaren, I need you to go outside in the living room, go down the hallway, make a left, go upstairs, the first door on the right, check on my grandmother, make sure she's okay. <laughs> make sure there's water by her bedside. Um, if she's shivering, put like a second layer and report back to us, please. You guys, I live in Portland now. I smoked with the mail, um, the mail guy, uh, a couple days ago. It was great. I, this is what I live for. I, I don't want to go back. Don't say. I'm, I'm going back in April, and I, I, I just want to make sure weed is um, accessible. A bar got closed down because they smelled weed in upstate New York. They were like, "I, we smell." Cl- Shut down the music. Stop, TJ. Stop, everyone. Where's the weed smell? Um, who's, who's smoking the weed? And everyone's just like, no one was saying anything. Like, we're not putting on the music. We're gonna stop the flow of our, um, our flow of our profits. Stay, find out who's smoking weed. Who, just weed, man. I, close down. Man, I'm just ranting about. Oh, I ordered a burrito. I forgot. I gotta get my burrito. <laughs> Fuck. I, I, you did not hear me say it. I, you were out there. I was just like, tell him it was the black, the black guy with the cheetah collar. He ordered a burrito. Just tell him. Just confirm it's me. Like, who would say that? You know, just say, tell him. Okay. Damn. It was my second burrito coming back here. That's what I want to talk about. Hey, this is a nice crowd, you know. Um, maybe because I'm a little bit high, but like, uh, when I see a good crowd, I always like pretend I want to pull off a heist. You know, like um, you know, like Ocean's Eleven. I just want to pick like the people. If I if I was to make like a almost identical movie, I would. Let's see, let me see. Yeah, Ben, uh, I want you to be like the getaway driver. All right, like you're the tough guy, getaway driver. You were in the Marines and everything. Yeah, man, right on. Okay, you're my hacker. All right, it's the hat. Yeah, you're just like low key. Found you in a coffee shop. You were like hacking casinos. I was like, well, you want to pull the big crimes, okay? I'm going for the government, you know? Hell yeah, baby! Yo, clap for this miracle just now, man. Fuck yes. Oh, damn. This is San Francisco burrito? Shit. Okay. Damn, they have to put a plate to support it. Shit. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you get a part, all right, man? Like, um, 
You're like the, um, oh, I already said hacker. Yeah, damn. Oh, damn, this is hard pick, right? No, 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 I'm going to keep you as the hacker. Okay, all right. Since the um, yeah, you're the stylist guy. You got the, the you got the jacket. You know how to dress. Make sure like we're hitting the clubs undercover. You know what it's supposed to wear. Like, I would get it. Yeah, yeah, you got that part. All right, I I can't be like all the jobs, but you would be the only black dude in my my. Yeah, you know this. We need to relate. You know, I gotta have yeah. It's a true story. I had like a lot of my black friends asked to be in my crew, and I was uh, I I swear I I was I told them I was like, hey, I can't have too many. <laughs> you know, like. Because, like, if it goes well, listen, if it goes well, I want to go straight to movie theaters, not straight to BET. You know, I just say, I could say it. Okay. It's the truth. Um, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you said you used to work with kids. Um, I've been called uh, Mr. G at this elementary school. And um, I didn't, um, yeah, I, ooh, I wanted to, but I, I couldn't work with middle school kids because they would just pick me up, like, uh, excuse me, and just move me out of the way. Like, detention. Oh, okay. No detention. Yeah. But um, kids are nosy uh, because uh, I remember tying this uh, first grade, uh, t uh, his uh, shoes. His name was Ethan. I never met an adult named Ethan, by the way. <laughs> right? Anyone? I never. Okay. So I was tying his shoes, right? And like after I tied his shoes, he was like, oh man, thank you, Mr. G. And I was like, you're welcome, buddy. And he was like, oh, Mr. G, Mr. G, I saw you. Like just deadpan. Like there's no like anything. And I was like, um, yeah, buddy, I'm here. You saw me, right? I'm here. Mr. G's in the house, in the school. And he was like, no, no, I saw you at Safeway the other day. And I was thinking, I don't go to the Safeway by the school. I go to the one in my neighborhood, you know, like all the way across town. That's that's Mr. G's Sunday afternoon, you know. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay, buddy, that that that's cool. And I played off. When you sometimes I would see a kid and they um like um hopefully it's not like where I don't want them to see me, but like they would go like, oh hi, Mr. G, and I'm like, oh hey, buddy, and I don't know their names, and I had to look at the parent. I'm just like, I work for the school. Okay, here's my ID, okay? Because they're gonna walk away with the kid and just like, who's that black man you were talking to? Who was he, you know? Um, so this kid was getting really detailed. Uh, and I just wanted to like go and play. I was like, go go play, Ethan, that's great. Yeah, I was at Safeway. Mr. G needs his groceries, you know? And then he was just like, oh, you were in the frozen food section. That was aisle eight. You, were, had a, you only had a shopping cart. You looked like you were by yourself. The only thing in your shopping cart was a frozen pizza. And I was like, okay, buddy, that's enough, all right? And then he was like, Mr. G, Mr. G, one more thing. Um, do you always cry in the parking lot before you drive away? And I was like, oh, okay, buddy. <laughs> you don't know my problems, Ethan. Move along, you know? <laughs> Move along. Um, uh, little secret, um, I got high on 9-11. Oh, sorry, not that 9-11, the past 9-11. We're on the same page, right? Okay. <laughs> you ever got high and you, um, and you go to the grocery store and, like, it's not a good idea. I, you know, usually I have food ready for me at home, but, like, uh, I was really hungry and I wanted some taquitos. So I go and um, I was really, there's two brands. There's one with good quality taquitos. There's one with a lot of taquitos. So I took both and uh, went to the cashier. Thank you. Life choices, and um, went to the cashier, and he rung up my stuff, and I was, um, I was, um, I was just like not really uh, looking at him, and then he was just like, "All right, your change came out to be 9/11." <laughs> I 
And then right there, I stopped, my heart stopped, and I look at the American flag right above his head, and I thought about the love I had for this country. <laughs> and I walked away with my bags, and then um, he was like, sir, sir, don't forget. And before he said you changed, I was like, I will never forget. <laughs> okay? I'm an American. How dare you? Where's the manager? I want to talk to your manager. Um, in, uh, in Portland, uh, we take uh, diversity workshops um, sometimes for training. But, yeah, it's true. There's a thing. Yeah, there's a whole center, Center um, Equity and, uh, in Portland, downtown. And uh, I had to do a diversity training for my job. And uh, just picture this. Uh, all the facilitators at that place, they were all white. <laughs> It's a diversity training. This is how white it was too. Like um, they thought it was a good idea. Every time we'd have a break time, they would play Kendrick Lamar uh, every time in between songs. I wish we could play it because you just see this like uptightness of just people settling down papers and pens while you just hear the lyrics of Kendrick Lamar and just just popping off the N word every single time. It was great. But um, my favorite thing was uh, my coworker uh, David was like. Um, he was uh, really getting really emotional because he started realizing about like white privilege and he lost it. He was like, you guys, I don't want this white privilege, you know? And he had like tears coming down his eyes and uh, everyone like uh, was just like, oh, David, I know, I know. And then like everyone was like, like com comforting. I was like, he doesn't want it? You know, I'm just like, I'm puzzled, why? And he's like just bawling all on the table and everything. And like after the, the workshop, um, I was just still puzzled. I was like, man, he does not want it. And I look at the puddle of tears that was on the table where he was crying. I was like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want it. So I dipped my hand in it and um, I'm just saying, oh, oh, this is good. You want to hear this? Um, no, give her a hug, yeah. Um, I wiped it on my chest, uh, his tears. Um, thought um, that was a good idea because I went to the bank, you guys. Hey, I went to the bank. I didn't get that loan. Um, trying to get my mom that condo. I took a chance. You only live once. Okay. All right. I don't know what else I want to talk about. Yeah, I talked about a lot of stuff. Oh, uh, one thing that's disappointing in Portland is um, uh, it's, it's really scary as a black man like walking down the street. But... Um, it seems like Portland really evolved from the Black Lives Matter signs uh, because I was walking down the street and like this, uh, this old white lady, like she looked at me and I was like, oh man, man she's gonna cross the street. It's gonna happen, you know? And I, and I just kept walking, but then she just like start walking at me like with a purpose, right? And I thought she was gonna pass me, but she stopped right in front of me, right? She smiles, bends down and tied my shoes, huh? Yeah, right, she tied my shoes well over 65. Her name is Florence. She said she liked my shoes, and um, she, I was like, thank you. And then she was like, be careful in these streets. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. She told me to stay strapped. Um, I got long shoelaces, I got triple knot them, you know? I got triple knot them. Yeah. I'm gonna have that burrito. I'm Jaren George, have a night, bye. Turn to a million and we are rich. That's just how I feel.
Let's give it up one more time for Jaren Jones. That was great. Bump that new playing in the background right now. All right, we're gonna move right along. Uh, your next comedian coming to the stage. It's a really funny person. Uh, everyone, give it up for Molly Shero. Yeah, this is my third time on this stage this week, um, and there's been the same amount of people in every room. This is great. <laughs> Sold out. Everyone's in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that. Um, <laughs> everyone's just hanging out getting burritos. Uh, I smoked too much weed before I came up. This is gonna be great. Um, that's new in my life. Uh, I don't drink anymore. I had a drinking problem. Um, so now I don't do that. I just have regular problems. Um, it's weird since I quit drinking. Uh, I remember sex now. I don't know if you guys ever do that. Um, it's a new thing for me. Um, I used to wake up the next morning like, maybe did something, maybe didn't. And now I'm like, you did something. I remember it. Don't do it again. Um, I like that even in my joke, I wait a whole like eight hours later to stick up for myself. Um, <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Uh, what else? Um, just, I, I knew I had a drinking problem because at one point I had two homemade Jack Daniels lamps in my apartment. Someone's like, she likes Jack and she likes light. Let's put them together. <laughs> and now I just sit in the dark a lot and crush the coils on my forehead. Um, it's a sad life. Um, no, it's great. I have a cat. I have a cat now. I don't it's a it's one of those lives i found the cat she came right up to me sat on my lap and she's not ever since then come near me um I think it's like you're my new thing and she's like i don't like you i just used you for a home um the healthiest relationship i've ever been in um she's cool um it was weird because i was worried about moving i moved in with this other girl as a cat so i was worried about our cats getting along so i'd have a cat date um so I took my cat and put her in a carrier and drove her to another apartment. In that moment, I realized that's the whitest thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> like, they're cats, they're zoos, animals get along, they'll be fine. Um, I just have two cats living in my body when I die, so that's cool. Um, my cat and her cat is appropriately named Chewy. <laughs> Go for the eyes, Chewy. That's what I always say to him every morning. Um... I know I had to move out of my last apartment because um, I lived with a guy named Pasta. Um, I don't know because I don't even need to explain what he looks like. Just imagine a fat guy named Pasta and you pictured him. Um, I was like, "Do you have a real name?" He's like, "Yeah, it's just Pasta." And this male came in as Pasta. I was like, "All right, this is scary." Um, I'm a survivor. I'm still here. Um, I uh, it was weird. I, I got mad at him one time because he's watching porn, and I was like, "Dude, you're driving. Like, this is not." <laughs> funny to me this is terrifying and then he started facetiming while he's driving which is like the traducan of texting and driving if you guys didn't know um and the other guy he was facetiming with was also driving like, like there was some sort of 90s walkie-talkie fantasies they were living out like i can see you while you see me we're on the 101 together um i'm a survivor though um it's a bad. I woke up one morning to him just throwing away his underwear, and I was like, "Cool, you shit the bed." Like that's. <laughs> now I know why you have brown sheets. All this makes more sense to me. Um, he did. It was weird. Okay. Um, enough about pasta. Let's talk about my life. Um, I'm alone. Um, <laughs> surprise. Um, 
I asked out a coworker. Um, if you guys are thinking about asking out a coworker, don't fucking do it. Um, he said no, uh, and then I didn't time it right. Uh, we had to work together for about an hour and a half afterwards. <laughs> I was like, you can go, Tom. <laughs> like, I got this restaurant. Um, <laughs> got the whole thing, all of it. Uh, that was weird. He said, no, I don't go out. That's what he said. And he could have said anything. Like, no, we work together, Molly. That'd be fucking weird. Uh, he said, no, I don't go out. I'm like, um, Tom, this isn't your house. And I saw you at Disneyland last week. You're a fucking liar. Um, <laughs> jokes. It's fine. It's a happy ending, you know? It's a good ending. I'm alone and Tom's still alone. It's great. Um, <laughs> about two people not getting together. I just like when someone says flat out no to you because that just means like, no, you, I know you enough. I don't need to know you anymore. And no, I never want to see you naked. Like this is all of the no's. Um, it's fine. Tom still works there and I said why. Um, I uh, also work at another restaurant with a girl named Natalie. Um, she told me that my face looked too small for my body. Um, like, she's like, no, nah, it's because you're just a giant lady and your face is tiny. I'm like, oh, I'm not proportionate. Cool, thanks, Natalie. Pumpkin ass bitch. Um, I don't even know why I do this joke. I just really hate Natalie. I just want to talk about it sometimes. Just work in a restaurant, you guys know. It's terrible. It's just like the most sexually charged people in one area that never want to fuck each other. Like it's very frustrating. Um, don't fuck Tom. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I have another coworker recently. He was just like this giant guy came into my work. He was like six ten, and I was just I'm six foot, so I was like I met my future husband. Bye everyone. Um, but uh, my coworker ruined it by like saying like, oh, you don't have to, you, can you get on your knees to suck his dick? Like just grossing it out. And I was like, dude, I'm six foot. I don't get on my fucking knees to suck dick, okay? I lay in the bed, put my arms out, pretend I'm flying. Um, <laughs> and you ladies should try. It's much more entertaining for us. Um, <laughs> true story. Um, what else in life? Um, I, it's weird. It is weird being taller because people just have like this thing when I walk into a room, they always have to point it out to me like it's a fun game for me. Um, like I went into a Rite Aid and the guy in front of me was like, hey, I'll tell you. He was like, oh, I'm six foot. He's like, nah, I'm six foot. I'm like, it's cool, man. We can both be six foot. Like he just started shouting like, she thinks she's taller than that. And the one guy's like, yeah, I think she's a lot taller. And I was just like, I'm just trying to forget that I'm in a Rite Aid, you know? <laughs> just it's turning into the worst carnival game. You want to punch me in the face and guess my weight after this? I don't know. Uh, so I go to CVS's now. That's a story about a redemption. Um, 23 and meh. Um, I don't drink anymore. I guess most of my drinking stories for when I was 23. I can. Uh, I used to work at this deli, um, and this guy came up to me one time and asked me for a sandwich. And uh, you always have that moment where you try to f remember that person, like how you know them. And I realized I knew him because uh, he was a cop. And I used to work as a lifeguard, and we used to break into the pool at night. Um, and one night I decided to get really drunk and climb the fence and jump into the pool. Uh, and when I was walking up, there was just like a group of people and I was just like, oh, you guys are partying. Sorry. And then I realized they were cops. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I realized the cops are partying. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. And they're like, no, you can stay. And I was like, no, it's cool. We'll just leave. So then they left, which is weird. Um, so it was just me and my drunk friend and we climbed to the top of the wall. It's like an eight foot wall, jumped in the pool, naked swimming. And then an on-duty cop came in and was just like, I was like, oh, I get it, man. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm sorry. And I walked out and I could just see his like flashlight following me because I was naked. And, um, but I realized, and then he just kind of was like, hey man, you, you work here, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, that's cool. You can keep swimming. And then just left. 
I couldn't figure out why he knew I was I was work I worked there, but then I realized I had a terrible one piece uh, tan line, and <laughs> just like I had vitiligo on half my body. Um, <laughs> but then I realized later on when I'm like at work that it's the drunk cop, or I was the drunk and he was the cop, and I had to make him a sandwich. It was just not a. It was one of those moments where you're like, I should probably not be drunk all the time. <laughs> I should probably sell my Jack Daniels lamps. Um, <laughs> I don't even have them anymore. No, that's a sad story. I'll do one happy one that other people do this. Um, let's do a happy one. <laughs> I feel like I'm always so sad on stage. Um, I'll end on this one. I, I get weird. Uh, my name's Molly. I get weird out when uh, a group of men are telling me they're going to do Molly tonight, and I'm the only <laughs> Molly in the room. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, is this going to be a gangbang or drugs? Which one is it? It's never gangbang. Um, I found that out. Uh, <laughs> but it's weird because I like having the name, uh, like a drug name. Like I didn't think of my parents having a drug problem. So my sister's real name is Mary Jane. That's her real fucking name. And my brother's name is Crack. So <laughs> my parents have a real bad problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll end on that. You guys have a great night. Enjoy the rest of the show. Molly Sherrill. Molly Sherrill, everybody. Clap it up. That was hella funny. I um, worst breakup I ever got in in my life. I'm gonna tell you this quick story. Um, this girl Natalie, she broke up with me on the night of this party. She got super fucking drunk, right? Super shit face. Ran outside of this party after throwing up all over the living room. Runs outside, takes a shit in the middle of the street. Mid shit, gets hit by a car. Yeah. She's okay, like she's fine, but afterwards she was like, Mike, we're breaking up. <laughs> and I was like, what What made, What made? part of that night made you think about breaking up with me right then? Because like, that was more embarrassing than what happened to her, in my opinion. It's just like, I am now less than that moment, you know? <laughs> but anyway, your next uh, comedian coming to stage, thought I'd share that with you guys. Um, it's a very funny comedian. We have the same taste in shoes and um, I think soup. Everybody give it up for Ben Warren. Yeah, I do love soup. Like a good gazpacho. A cold, yeah, is that okay? Cold soup? No. All right. Uh, my wife makes me put ice cubes in her kids' soup. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, she's worried they're going to get burned because I don't pay attention to them when they're eating. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm a stay-at-home dad. All right, not that into that. Cool. Let's uh, let's talk about fisting for a second. I run a show at a sex club uh, in Portland. Thank you. Yep. That's uh. It's a, a BDSM club for people in the swinger lifestyle. Yeah, which is awesome. I, I see like bucket list shit while I'm doing comedy, you guys. Like, you guys were talking about Pornhub. My show is like Pornhub. Like, just, just going on in the back, you know? Somebody's getting fisted. Somebody's getting shocked in the taint. I don't even know. <laughs> so the better we do the more wild the sexual acts are afterwards. 
I wasn't even going to talk about this. I don't know why I did. I was, I was working the door at the swingers show, and uh, this this woman came up to me and she said, uh, "Hey, I just bought you know a ticket to the show. Got to know, is there re-entry?" And I was like, "Ma'am, it's practically required here." <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess I'll tell you guys a little story about a pivotal point in my life. You know, uh, when I was about 23, uh, I used to live in a shack. Anybody here live in a shack? Yeah, some people have lived in a shack. Awesome. I love how enthusiastic people who don't live in a shack anymore are about the time they lived in a shack. Uh, it, you might be like living in a shack if your rent is $60 a month, but you split it four ways. <laughs> you know, like our, our uh, oh, man, our utility bill doubled our rent. Like, and that was just a fridge and a hot water heater during the months where we had water flowing into the house. Like, uh, it, our wood stove was meant for like a, a 3,000 or 5,000 square foot warehouse. That's a warehouse. I don't know my square footage. Very, I'm a comedian, not a builder, uh, but uh, a very big shop. And so you could not be in our house in the wintertime and be wearing clothes or you had to be wearing a lot of clothes. It was on or off, you know? So we're like, we're sitting around in our underwear. We're studying up in the shack. My buddy Matt comes back inside. He goes, guys, I don't want to alarm you. I went out into our driveway. This shack was on a 500-acre horse farm. So, like, we didn't get visitors. He goes, there is a strange van parked in our driveway. He goes, I went to see who was inside and they ducked. And I knocked on the window and a hand came up and locked the door. And we reacted, y'all. Because, again, it's never a good thing. It's like your landlord coming up to tell you he's going to leave five hound dogs staked out in your yard for the next six months or the cops coming to find your ganja crop that you've got going on in the back you know it's like it's never good so we we sprang into action like put on shoes grabbed shotguns ran out onto the porch without any other clothes on and there we were the three of us standing there on the porch and i yelled identify yourselves and my buddy matt let off a big blast from his shotgun and without even coming into view the driver of that van peeled out of our driveway and left just all down like this gravel flying anybody would have been pretty satisfied with that but uh we were drunk so we got in the truck and chased after him My buddy Matt was driving, and uh, I was sitting shotgun with the shotgun, and uh, Matt was, or, and Adam was sitting bitch, you know, because he didn't have a shotgun. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to have a gun to be cool. I'm just saying, like, if you, you know, you can't sit in a win windowed seat where you got to have a shotgun sticking out, you know, if you don't have. Anyway, we chased him over the hills. There were sparks flying off of that minivan. <laughs> It was the most exciting car chase I've ever been on in my life, uh, y'all. Maybe it was the booze. But we we cornered him in this driveway, and we we're like, okay, we got him now. We're going to figure this out. And we're like, let's get out and get him. And then we we're like, we don't have any clothes on. 
maybe let's go home. We'll come back in the morning. We know where they live. So we went back home, rested up, came back the next day. No guns, but we went and knocked on the door. We said, hey, man, where's your van? What were you doing on our land last night? And the guy goes, I wasn't there, and I don't own a van. He said, but one pulled in my driveway last night. They refused to identify themselves, and I let off my shotgun, chased him out of here. Like you do in Black Mountain, North Carolina, apparently. I don't know. Uh, oh. A week later, I was walking down the street. And I'm really sorry, guys. This is like a long walk with not a lot of stuff. I promised you jokes, and I'm really letting you down here. But uh, we'll get back into it. I was walking down the street, and a van comes up in my direction. And I didn't even think anything of it, but all of a sudden, the driver disappeared from view. And it drove right past me real slow. And then it came to the end of the dead end street I was walking down. And so I turned around. I walked down there and I looked in the van. And there, crouched down, y'all, uh, was my future wife. That was too abrupt of a twist, wasn't it? I, was this lady, the best damn duck down driver I had ever seen. <laughs> and we started dating, man. We got married. And uh, now I don't live in a shack anymore. That's all I'm saying. She, yeah, she pays for me to do comedy. Like, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> it's just uh, like if you are going to be a dirtbag, just go hard in the paint, okay? And eventually maybe your girlfriend will do something and get you out of the shack. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you can do it. Um, mm. I worked in the ER for a long time, uh, and being a stoner in the ER is good. It kind of like, uh, it, it brings a different perspective to things, you know? Like, if you just have a bunch of sober people sitting around trying to figure out how to save a life, maybe a stoner might just interject and be like, oh, hey, what if we just tried this? It's, it's unorthodox, and it sounds dumb, and I know I just make minimum wage here, but trust me, <laughs> we can save a life. I don't know. Oh, one time I actually saw a doctor uh, shock a conscious guy while I was high. <laughs> People are like, holy shit, man. How did you how did you know that happened? And I didn't at the time. The guy fooled us all, to be honest. He was he must have been laying just extra still and looking kind of dead. Uh, but basically the doc was like Okay, I'm charging. Everybody clear. Get your hands off this dude, okay? He didn't say dude. That was just me over here being high. But it, And then he goes, clear. And the guy puts his hand up and he goes, don't shock me again. Which means he remembered when we shocked him the first time. <laughs> and that doctor killed that guy. And I saved him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, that was your alarm. Good. I was like, oh, man. Is that my alarm? <laughs> I feel like I have uh, one of those, like, uh, if that guy can do it, I can do it body types. <laughs> no. All right. A little bit. A little bit. Maybe. I'm working on it. I won 48 pounds last year. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I win. I'm trying to lose them, though, now. I'm not worried. Averaging heuristic here. That's good. 
you know, one thing you got to be careful about in the ER is when somebody, uh, somebody said, you know, like there are always people training in the emergency room. How are you supposed to know as just a regular old person? Like when I first learned how to sew people's faces up, you know, and people be like, you good at this? You, you're going to, you're going to get me fixed up. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, you wouldn't believe how many times I've done this before. It's zero. <laughs> People are like, well, that's weird. Yeah, that's how we get good is practicing. I was in the ER one time uh, with my wife. We were, I was in her her little like work lounge, and uh, I said, "Whoa, babe!" I opened up the freezer. I was like, "There is a lot of beef tongue in the freezer. This is not a taco stand. What's up with that?" And she goes, uh, "Well, we use the beef tongue to practice repairing torn vaginal tissue." Like in a birth, you know, because you don't want us practicing on actual torn vagina. And I stopped her and I was just like, are you saying that beef tongue feels like a vagina? (laughs) And uh, she apologized to her coworkers and stormed out. And I grabbed a beef tongue and slipped it into the baby carrier. (laughs) Carrier. But I had to bring it back a little bit later to have it repaired. Ooh. Beef tongue. That's crazy. It's weird being being married to a doctor, man. My wife uh she says I don't dress nice enough for it. And that she yeah. <laughs> that's it. She wants me to be a trophy husband and I am <laughs> I'm just this doesn't just happen overnight, okay? That's all I'm saying. Like you gotta you got to do it. That's good. That's really good stuff. Um, we've been together for 15 years, y'all. Thank you. Yeah. In a monotonous relationship. <laughs> the other day I shaved. Uh, the other day. It's been a little while now. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I shaved. And when I came out of the bathroom, she took one look at me and she goes, well, I'm glad we fucked this morning. <laughs> that's hurt, that's hurtful. I, I really, I, I actually don't mind it. I know that I'm better with a beard, uh, so I I don't shave anymore. That's why it looks so good. <laughs> Pam was like, "Dude, you you maybe need to. Do we need to talk? You want to?" Pam looks like she wants to hug me right now back there. <laughs> no, I am in a good. We're in a good place. We're in a good place. Um. She said we could start looking for sister wives. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, babe, sister wives. That sounds so good. Let's do some sister wives. How about, can we have three more sister wives? She goes, three? She goes, how many women are you going to disappoint in your life? It's like, ooh, babe, easy. She says, seriously, what about, what do you need with three women? I said, we need somebody to stay home and watch the kids, a designated driver and a drinking buddy. Right? Yeah, I'm going to get a, a secret vasectomy. We'll keep trying for Jesus, but you know, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, and she stopped me, though. She was like, hey, listen, uh, fuck whoever you want. But uh, if you have fun with a, with another woman, I'll kill you. Oh, I know. She's fiery. That's what I like about her. I do love it. I love it a lot. Um Let's see here. We've been doing a little bit of role playing lately. Uh, 
do a little role playing. Yeah, thanks. I know maybe this is a very vanilla crowd apparently. Okay. <laughs> doing doing some role playing. We uh kind of spice it up. We decided to start doing a, a doctor scenario. Right? So I went into the bedroom and I waited. About 10 minutes later, she poked her head and she's like, uh, the doctor's running a little bit behind today. <laughs> She'll be right in. You guys have been a really amazing and patient audience. Thanks for your time. Ben Warren, everybody. And that, and that is the show. Thank you all for coming to 23 in May. Uh, my name is Mike. And uh, yeah, have, have a good night. I have to pee really bad. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. 
counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside.
get some leg tonight for sure. Tell us how you do. That's right, Van Halen, not Van Hagar, because this is Millennials versus Gen X, and we are Gen Xing the fuck out of this thing. Are there any Millennials here? That's amazing. This place is filled with Millennials because we're not giving away any participation trophies at this event. I'm surprised you guys showed up anyway. All right. So, hey, uh, before I get too started with things, speaking of millennials versus Gen X, Luke Perry died. Yeah, Luke Perry died. For, I think he did too much 9021 blow. Yeah, boy. Speaking of blow, guys, we're about to go to war with uh, uh, Venezuela. So we're starting to amass troops in Colombia. Uh, so cocaine's going to get really expensive soon. So you might want to stock up or uh, buy, you know, I don't know, stock up. That's the word to the wise. Anyway, we're here as far as I'm conter- concerned as, as let me Jen explain this event here tonight to all you p- people out there. As far as I'm concerned, this is a roast of fucking millennials. We're just going to. We're just going to dump all over you for like a whole hour. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I mean, why? It, see, it's fun already, right? Just thinking about it is just the anticipation. It's precious. It's great. I love crapping on you guys. The future for you guys? Ha! Huh? Good luck. I mean, you guys are, you, we can't depend on you guys for shit, right? It's just so obvious. I mean, you're all deathly allergic to peanut butter and bread, for starters. I mean, when Armageddon comes, I'm just going to make a couple sandwiches and fight off all your hordes and survive to rebuild society in my image. Wait, for what? Yeah, I don't have to wait too much longer. I mean, now that they've discontinued antibacterial soap, you guys are due for a die-off once you touch dirt for the first time. The shock to your system will be too much for you guys. I mean, how could you be allergic to bread? Bread is the thing that is, like, most closely associated with, like, civilization, right? I mean, before bread, we were in huts. Then we had bread, and now we have civilization, I mean, we can't trust you guys with bread. How can we trust you with civilization? Straight line reasoning right there. Welcome to the collapse. I mean, you guys are so... I was recently... Speaking of dirt, I was recently reminded that my generation and all the generations before me, we used to eat dirt as kids, right? It gave, it gave us grit, right? But you idiots are eating Tide Pods. 
What the? <laughs> Completely the other way. And now you're just too weak. Speaking of weak, you guys got the Momo challenge too? Not just the Tide Pod challenge, the Momo challenge. You guys know what that is? You challenge each other to commit suicide. And you do it. Like lemmings. You don't win the Momo challenge. You Darwin the Momo challenge. You even got this thing, the condom challenge. You guys know about this one where you're snorting condoms? They had a condom challenge when I was growing up. The challenge was to wear a condom. <laughs> Just one thing after another. You got your stupid fucking diets. Your stupid fucking paleo bullshit. Paleo. I'm so paleo. How come I'm not losing weight? I'm so paleo. Because you're not fucking paleo. That's why. You know what is paleo? Shivering. <laughs> Shivering's paleo. It works your core. Gets those hard to reach muscles. That's why they were so ripped back in the paleo days. They were shivering all the time. You've tried your stupid diets, your stupid kombucha. God damn, someone took turnt wine and skunk beer and mixed them together. That's what kombucha is. Now that I'm drinking it, I realize it's the slurry they use for fracking. <laughs> it's causing major climate change in my microbiomes, and I am producing methane. That's a science joke, in case you're wondering. So I got off of that shit, and I started eating kimchi instead. Holy shit, now that I'm eating kimchi, I gotta say, what the fuck is wrong with Koreans? How do you make cabbage worse? I eat that stuff, it makes me Kim Jong ill. Zing. Yeah, it's one thing after another, you guys. You're just too soft with everything. You're too soft with weed, too, man. 420, so played out. You can vape in the library now, guys. It's like smoking weed is not cool or hip or dangerous anymore. Nerds took over 57 kinds of different oil. It's pathetic. Who here remembers 1987? <laughs> the year America ran out of weed. You see, back then there was weed or no weed. <laughs> Those were your options. <laughs> Not like which club has the special on red Congolese and who's got the, it was how much sativa is in that? Me, 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 me. We used to be homo sapiens looking each other in the eye as we passed the joint around, right? We used to save the roaches and hoard them till Sunday because they were special. <laughs> you guys don't do that shit. You just cartridge, 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 la, la, la. All a bunch of fucking homo sativas and homo indicas just sucking down on your individual wrapped vape pens. Devolving before my eyes. Walking headlong into traffic with your Pokemon. Go walk off a cliff. Nav apps. Nav app completely necessary now because you've lost your ability to find your friends in a park. It's pathetic. You guys got it too easy with pussy too, man. I'll tell you that. 
when I was growing up, that shit was the nom down there, man. You were in the jungle looking out for Charlie and shit. You didn't know which way was north. The orgasm was still a myth. <laughs> the G-spot hadn't been invented yet. And the clitoris was like the Mayan city of gold swallowed up by the jungle. We didn't have the vagina monologues or Google Maps to help us out back then. We had to figure that shit out on our own. Now it's like the fucking Iraq war down there, man. Nothing but scorched earth, right? <laughs> Nothing between you and Baghdad. No mystery. And it's pathetic. Are there any millennials on the, the bill tonight? You're all millennials? <laughs> so it's just me against all you guys. And I'm winning. <laughs> so anyway, we didn't go over who was coming up first or second. But is, is there sort of an order on the, uh, we're all uh, comfortable with the order on Facebook. Cool. Which means Robert. Robert Pang is coming up first to defend his generation. Give it up for Robert Pang. Oh yeah, our generation's fucked. There's no, there's no defending it, right? There's literally no defending this shit, right? Like I, I, I was lost today because my phone died. Like I don't know what, how the fuck I even got here. Like what the fuck? Like I tried to look at a, a real map. I'm just like, what is all these squiggly lines? Like just show me where to go. Seriously, what the fuck, right? Like my, uh, like Asian millennial is even more fucked than like normal millennials, right? Like Asian millennials are just we've been through a lot. Like seriously, just look, just treat us better, okay? Because we've been through a lot. Seriously, like, like white people have so much options. Like white kids have so much options, right? If they can, fu if they fuck up school, they can like do trade school. They could like do music. They can maybe do stand up comedy, right? Like we're Asian millennials. Like if we fuck up school, we're just fucked, right? It's either we go to engineering school or we die in the sweatshop somewhere. Like there's no, there's no middle ground, right? Like seriously, like Asian millennial, we like if we don't get a good job, that means we can't get a good car. That means we can't get a good house. That means we don't fuck, like at all. Like have anyone here not fucked? Give it up if you not fucked. Only me? Seriously, God damn it. Seriously, like if, you, uh, if you're wondering like if you're a Gen X or you're a millennial, just ask yourself this question, okay? What's more sexy, a 12-inch dick or a 12,000 square foot condo in downtown uh, San Francisco, right? It's just like, seriously, like, it, like for us, it's like we'd rather have the condo because a condo will solve all of our problems, right? Like just like, even if like we can't get like, the good sex, like we can still jerk off to a waterfront view, which is much better than whatever the fuck we're doing just like seriously i need a house right like i fucked up my life i know exactly when i fucked up college anyone to college here anyone to college here we all went to college right because we're the millennials right and we're so fucking dumb right seriously i can i know this one guy from college you can build any kind of bridge in the world any kind of bridge but you know what kind of bridge you can't build the bridge of human connection. Like that guy is never getting laid, right? Like and the dumbest guy I know, the dumbest guy I know spent a hundred a thousand K to go to engineering school, graduated, can't find a job, and now is doing stand-up comedy on Mutiny Radio. Like what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? Like seriously. 
like we, we can't we don't know how to talk to people like i'm so fucking lonely right now like <laughs> seriously i'm so lonely like like i did the loneliest thing possible like last new year's eve i mean a uh, new year's eve celebration i went to watch the fireworks in downtown alone right like that's the saddest thing ever like for the whole time when i was there when i was like waiting for the fireworks to start for two hours straight i just tried to pretend to try to find my friends right it's just like hey where are you man where are you yeah, Wang, Wang, are you here? Yeah, Wang, Wang, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking, yeah, I'm at, the, I'm at the waterfront. For the two hours when I was there, I was just walking around doing that because if I sat down, people would have been like, oh, look at this piece of shit. He's here watching the fireworks alone, right? It's just like, seriously, seriously, talking to people, that's how, do, how do people do it? Right, people like I don't know how to get a job at all. Right, like it's all online job application now. Like jo online job applications are just fucking nightmares. Right, I like, just like I see this one job post like entry level position, three years experience needed. Like three years experience. So that's like a girl who's like, oh my god, I want to date a virgin, but you need to be an anal, have a sex dungeon, and three years experience. Like what the hell, man? Like by the way, if you know a girl like that, call me. I can build a great sex dungeon. There's so much duct tape at my house. I don't, I don't know what to do with it. Right, like I'm an engineer. Yeah, so it means like I'm more socially awkward in talking to people. Like people try to give me advice when I can't find a job. They're like, Robert, if you can't find a job, you gotta network, you gotta go out there, and you gotta talk to people. Like seriously, fuck you, okay? Whoever gave that advice, fuck you, all right? I'm a millennial, I don't know how to talk to people. Like when you are all out there drinking, partying, and having sex, I was at home, studying math, like a good boy. But no, you can't hire me because I'm socially awkward, but you can hire the douchebag who stole all my homework because he's cool and he knows how to talk to people. Like, look, I know, I want to know how drinking works, right? Like, I, don't, I don't know how fucking drinking works. Like, you drink and some magic happens and boom, you're pregnant. Like, what, what is this sorcery? Somebody teach me this shit, right? Like, crack, crack is amazing, right? Like, I wish I was addicted to crack, okay? Because at least, Crack is so cool. Like when you're sm snorting crack, like people look up to you. Like, whoa, that guy is smoking crack. You know what I'm addicted to? League of Legend. Like nobody is looking up to me because I sit in front of a dark room all day, sitting in front of a computer, just clicking a button. Like at least when you're addicted to crack, you're getting exercise, right? Like I look like I have no exercise at all. Like seriously, like like if I was on crack around me, I'll be like. <laughs> And then I'll be like, all this twitching is gonna make me lose weight. But like, I don't do that. Like, god damn it, I was, I was a cool, I was a nerd kid. God, we're all nerd kids. All Asian kids are nerds. Just like, god damn it. Like, every Asian kid I talk to is just like engineering degrees. Like, what are you gonna do with that engineering degree? I'm gonna work in a convenience store because fuck me. Right? Seriously, seriously. Like, the fuck? Like, we all have good degrees. Like, what's, what's your degree, sir? What's your degree? Oh, okay, uh, what's your degree? <laughs> awesome. You deserve your fate. You also deserve your fate, right? But like, I have a fucking engineering degree. I'm still doing stand-up comedy. Like, I'm making literally like 15 bucks an hour, do and then like doing stand-up comedy on the side because I because I don't know how to get a job at all. Like seriously, like if you're wondering like what kind of engineer can't find a job, it depends on the engineering. Okay, like every other kind of. <laughs> 
Every other kind of engineer is a hero to society, but a mining engineer, that's a Captain Planet villain, right? It's just like Tony Stark can build killer robots all day and kids look up to him. But when I want to build one coal mine, suddenly Chuck Norris appears and kicks me in the face because nature, nature, oh my God, seriously. Millennials, could you just stop with this environmental shit? Like I, I need a fucking job, okay? Listen, I, I said... I said too much on stage. Like I, I talked, I trash talk Ch China too much, right? Like I can't go back to China now. If I go back to China, they'll be like, "Do you want to see the death camp?" Because you are there all the time, right? Like just, like, like I am so fucked. Like seriously, like I, I wish I was that kid back in the sweatshop, right? Like I wish I didn't leave China in the first place because that kid back in the sweatshop, he is doing way better than me, right? He's like, he can make an iPhone in five seconds. Like what could I do? Linear algebra. Give it up if you know what that is, right? <laughs> Give it up if you know what linear algebra is. What is linear algebra, sir? Uh, That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> right there, right? What am I supposed to do? Like impress my employer with my ability to invert the matrix? Like, do you even know what that means? Right? Like, there's nothing on my resume. Like, there's nothing on my resume except this, right? Because, like, I don't care what you people say. This is three years of public speaking experience, right? Like, I'm not... <laughs> Like, do you know how hard it is for an Asian engineer to get a job in, in this economy? Like, do you know how many Asian engineers there are in the world? Like, every pile of resume, there's like just a bunch of Wangs and Pangs and like Laos, right? And then you see this Miller guy. It's like, oh, he's a white guy. I'm going to hire him because he speaks English. Like, I don't, like, look, look, I, I'm not even doing this for some bullshit dream. No, I'm doing this co to convince white people that I speak English, which I assume... <laughs> I am speaking to you or you're just laughing to not seem racist, right? Like, like I really don't belong in the corporate world. Like, seriously, like, you know, I actually got an engineering job for like a month, right? You know how I got fired? How did I get fired? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> I wish I did that, fuck. <laughs> Dude, I, I got fired because I took a nap during a job orientation, right? Like, I can't, I can't even keep myself awake for one single fucking job orientation, right? Like, it's just, like, I can't, I have narcolepsy. Like, I developed it when I used to go to church, church back in the day because all the sermon was so fucking boring. So I slept through every sermon. And then, like, when I went to university, I slept through every lecture because they were also as boring. And then, like, because of this, like, environmental effect of, like, every time someone is boring, talks, I just fall fall asleep. I fall asleep during a job orientation and I got fired immediately. Like seriously, I can't hold a fucking real job, right? Because we're all pieces of shit. Yeah, I never had sex. I, ne I didn't even have sex. Seriously, I never had sex. Like I, wa I think I'll be great at the sex though because I watch a lot of demonstration videos, right? Like, I read all the articles on the subject, right? I know all about the sex, the anal sex, the vaginal sex, and the tentacle sex. Like, ladies, please, we have options, right? And I have to admit, like, our porn is way better than the Gen X porn. Like, he was probably masturbating to, like, some Playboy magazine. Like, we, like I masturbated to a Playboy magazine once, and it was really boring. I was just like, there's so many articles and one picture. It's like, what the fuck is the point of this shit? Like, like we, are, we masturbate to some really deep shit. Like, I don't even masturbate to normal porn now. Like, what I masturbate to is, like, a combination of weirdo hentais and, like weirdo ASMR where this, this girl just talks dirty to me and I just jerk off to that. It's, it's kind of weird, right? Like, 
it's not that weird at all. Like it's not that weird. Like uh, the next generation is gonna figure out even weirder porn. Like they're just they're just gonna like, you'll masturbate to a screen. Like I have this robotic sex doll that's in my closet all the time. That's what I'm masturbating to. And the the Chinese will make that robotic sex doll. So like you better buy iPhones or else we're gonna that's not gonna happen, right? So I I, I have a flash flashlight. Obviously, I have a flashlight, right? <laughs> Yeah, because I'm a millennial, I never had sex. Obviously, I have a flashlight, right? But like, don't get a flashlight. It's such a waste of money, right? Like, it's 60 bucks for the flashlight, but like, what they don't tell you is you gotta keep buying lube, or else your dick is gonna fuck up, right? So like, you gotta keep buying lube, which is like 15 bucks a month. So like, a 60 bucks flashlight and like, lube, like, that's just a World of Warcraft subscription, right? Like, I can't keep buying that shit, right? And then like, the thing about flashlight is that, like, they don't tell you is that every time you use a flashlight, it makes this weird squishing noise. It's like unplugging a toilet, you know? Like, you know, you, you, sir, you laugh. You have a flashlight, right? Or is that what you call your girlfriend? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right? But like, it makes this weird squishing noise. And like, I live in a small condo, so like, my walls are like really thin, right? So like, I can't keep using that flashlight, or else like my neighbor's gonna be wondering like why am I I'm unclogging a toilet like every single day. It's just like what's going on, right? So I had to get rid of it, right? Because also I live with my parents, so like I don't I don't know where to keep a flashlight. Like seriously, is there like a good hiding spot for a flashlight that doesn't get moldy? Is there is there anything like dildos? How do girls hide dildos? I don't They don't even need to hide dildo. They own that dildo, but I have to hide a flashlight and it was too much, it was too complicated. So I just threw that flashlight away because I tried to sell it at first, right? I tried to sell a flashlight and then like nobody was buying it on Craigslist. So I'm just like, oh my God, I have to get rid of it. Anyway, that's all I have. Thanks a lot. Give it up for Robert Pang of No Bang Theory. Oh man, I never thought I'd feel so sorry for you guys, but after the woes of a millennial, I almost feel too bad to roast you guys a little bit more with your stupid fucking workouts, your stupid fucking CrossFit, big for nothing CrossFit. My God, they had this thing that took the place of CrossFit when I was growing up. They were called chores. We had chores back then, kept us fit. Yeah, CrossFit, the only reason to do CrossFit is to just do more CrossFit. That's cocaine. See, cocaine went to rehab and came back as a fitness routine. And that's why we have CrossFit today. CrossFit did a movie about themselves. They called themselves the fittest people on earth. But how do you call yourself the best at anything if you're not competing against any black or brown people? More like burning CrossFit. Zing! The reason I, I bring this up, it looks like this next guy does CrossFit. He looks pretty goddamn fit, quite frankly. Give it up for Carl Berger. Keep it going uh, for Matthew. Keep it going for Pam. The, 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 the reason that we're all here right now and this sold out. You guys can sit down. Thank you for the standing ovation. I appreciate that. This packed out room. And tens of listener. Uh, is real quick question: Is th- is that a trope of millennials that like millennials don't have sex? Is that like a thing that I missed out on? Because oh, is it? 
Not the Asian women I know, my friend. Uh, <laughs> not the ones that I know. Uh, my name is Carl. I, I've been a millennial for 28 years. Thank you. Um, I don't feel I don't feel very like aligned with the the millennial folks. I grew up in a small town in rural Maine, and Maine's kind of a weird place. It's like uh, it's like way back. It's like when I graduated high school, people still had frosted tips and Janko jeans. Like, like that truck to JC Penney's just got to Maine in 2008. <laughs> we were like, "Oh, this is sick! This is sick gear. Pearl Jam's awesome." And we missed, we missed all the cool hip shit. But Maine's Maine's a really funny place. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys are even fucking familiar with Maine. Uh, we're all the way on the west coast. Does anybody know like where? Well, you know where it is, but does anybody else know like Maine at all? Yeah. Okay. A little bit it's like way up in the woods and it's it's a really weird mix between like kind of progressive hippies and like real weird northern rednecks like just my like my folks went there they moved to maine to grow weed but then at the same time like i have a cousin who lives in maine and he like he like shot out all the street lights on his block because he was like i don't like light pollution and it's a waste of power uh, but he did <laughs> but he did that out of his like big diesel truck after smoking PCP all day and it was like uh, it's, a, it's a good point but maybe maybe take it easy on the PCP Casey <laughs> Maine man it's weird uh I'm an only child too I'm an only child that's like I feel like that's a millennial thing like people used to have big families both my parents come from bigger families only child I don't know what your guys's view of only children are uh, is, is there anybody else who's an only child in here Oh, fuck me. It's just, all right. <laughs> My parents just didn't like fucking. Uh, <laughs> they didn't like each other. I, I'm always surprised. They hated each other. They fought so much. I'm like, how did you guys even like, how did you guys stop drinking and yelling at each other to like actually have sex one? This is crazy. Anyway, this is for, <laughs> forgot. I got the, I got the therapy uh, podcast tomorrow. That's what I'll be talking about. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about only, ch sorry, I got off track only children like i don't know what you guys think about it for me being an only child it just means that i don't fully get uh incest porn like <laughs> i don't fully comprehend the appeal like i'm gonna watch it of course i'm gonna watch it but i just i watch it like i'm watching a woody allen film you know what i mean like i don't get why everybody's talking about it <laughs> like okay i get it he likes new york <laughs> and fucking his daughter <laughs> you know what i mean woody allen he's a monster uh, <laughs> he is everybody's like greatest filmmaker alive i was like really you know <laughs> fucking i don't think scorsese was fucking his kids but <laughs> it's true <laughs> what else did i want to i'm millennials we don't uh we don't like commitment we don't commit to anything right like commitment's tough you know we don't commit to uh jobs we don't really commit to relationships we don't commit to finishing uh, so I don't, that was like, that was like a wordplay thing. You guys are smart. I had trouble with commitment. I, I had a breakup last year. I say I had a breakup cause like it was a mutual thing. You know what I'm, t I'm talking about? Like a mutual breakup where like me and uh, my girlfriend at the time, we like sat down, we got together, hashed it out and we came to the mutual, uh, agreement that I was a complete asshole, uh, incapable of loving another human being. Uh, and I'll probably be alone forever. That's how that mutual agreement works out i get it like i do i have a problem i do have a little problem with, like uh it's this uh it's this 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 hereditary problem um that that 
that limits my like dating abilities it's, it's i'm a man uh <laughs> that's part of it so like i just have to be right about everything uh and i will fight you uh if you disagree with me i will fight you uh it sucks i would get into the dumbest like pettiest arguments toward the end of our relationship for example my girlfriend she was like she wanted to buy a really high-end blender oh the blender material he he walked on the blender material <laughs> it's getting edgy if you guys wanted edgy <laughs> you shouldn't have booked carl <laughs> i'm about to talk about blenders <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah she wanted to buy this high-end blender which i think is that's like that's fair grounds to break up with somebody anyway you don't, you don't need to spend 500 dollars to make like a two dollar smoothie you're never going to get that roi back that's just that's bananas she came to me and she's like hey i did <laughs> it's true right <laughs> like why would you spend that much on a fucking you shake up some fruit i don't know but she came to me and she was like, hey, look, I did all this research and uh, I think I'm going to go with the Vitamix blender. I, I think that that's, yeah, Pam's like, it's a good blender. You're fucking right. It's a good blender. <laughs> she goes, I think that's the best blender. I was like, oh, you think that's the best blender? That's cute. Because uh, actually Blendtec blenders, they're the best blender on the market for both consumer and professional level. Uh, and she was like, well, Vi Vitamix blenders, they spin so fast that they can turn your vegetables into hot soup within minutes. And I was like, that's fucking Bush League, Amber. Uh, Blendtec blenders, not only can they do that, they have a 3.8 horsepower motor and uh, patented nonstick polycarbonate blades that could liquefy an iPhone. And she was like, why would you ever need to liquefy an iPhone? I was like, it's not about needing to liquefy an iPhone. I just want to know that I can liquefy my iPhone. We watched Snowden together. You don't get me. Uh, <laughs> So we broke up. Uh, <laughs> we broke up because I'm an asshole. It's, that's what it boiled down to. Uh, and I would never date a psychopath that thinks a Vitamix blender is better than a Blendtec blender. <laughs> I wish that guy stayed for the whole blender bit. He would have been blown away. <laughs> would have been, been liquefied by my blender material. <laughs> Everything from here on out is just about blenders, guys. So buckle the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't I wish I had more. I, gotta, I need to like write just the whole... 30 minutes on blenders and do some like real real edgy rooms it's alt comedy baby <laughs> uh i couldn't even commit to that breakup we got back together though <laughs> i couldn't commit i was like i'm alone <laughs> but we when we were broken up it was like four months uh and i don't know i don't know how the the older folk in the crowd how you guys go about dating in this day and age probably do it in real life by meeting real people uh <laughs> or i don't know how you have a telephone or like i don't know you call people <laughs> the can on the string and you're like yeah, i'm trying to get fucked and then it's like <laughs> this is your childhood and then uh, i got on the apps i got on all the apps tinder bumble okay cupid hello fresh yeah don't kink shame me <laughs> don't kink shame me i don't i don't know i'm experimenting like what is a kumquat i don't know is that a sexual command or an overpriced garbage fruit? Let's find out together. <laughs> Let's go on this adventure. I got on the apps, man, and I realized, I realized at least in Portland, it might be the same here in San Francisco. I'm not sure, but in Portland, everybody is, uh, what do they call it? Ethically non-monogamous these days. You guys familiar with that phrase, that term? Ethically, you're, you're Greek, right? Okay, so you'll get the gist of this because, so that's just polyamory, right? The Greeks, like, they invented that, right? I'm not wrong. <laughs> Everyone's like, fucking truth bomb. Yeah, they invented that. Uh, polyamory. Is anybody in here polyamorous? 
Okay, statistically, that's not true. Statistically, that's inaccurate. Usually how it works out is there's like a, a, a straight couple and the chick's like, no, we're not polyamorous. And the dude's like, well, I mean, she's not, but, you know, I kind of am. And <laughs> that's how that works out. I Polyamory is so funny. It's hip here, right, Pam? I'm not singling you out, but I'm just saying, like, this town's down for that. <laughs> San Francisco's a weird uh, sidebar. San Francisco, I, I, the first time I ever came out here was 2006, and I was visiting my buddy in the Tenderloin. I was walking down the street, and it was the, the only time I ever saw, I was like walking by a woman, and she was just smoking crack, and I was like, that's edgy. And then I was like, I was just walking down the street the other day, and it's just all, it was like a woman with a, a, a yoga mat. And I was like, damn, man, San Francisco's really changed. Uh, and then I turned around, and she like rolled it out and started smoking crack, and I was like... <laughs> It's like, all right, they still got it. <laughs> they still got it. They still got it. Uh, so polyamory, back to where <laughs> polyamory. I, I, don't, I can't jive with it really, but I get it. Like, I get the principle. I think polyamory is a lot like communism, right? Like, on paper, fairness and equality. On paper, it should work out for everybody. But once you bring people in the mix, then somebody's going to get run over by a tank. You know what I mean? <laughs> An emotional tank, of course. An emotional tank... Uh, unless you're dating Michael Dukakis and then it, you got someone to worry about. And I know nobody fucking laughs at that joke because we're all too young. But if you guys, ugh, fuck, just go Google Michael Dukakis tank. And that joke is like so fucking funny. <laughs> I swear to God, it's so funny. Yeah. The one, <laughs> the guy that actually saw it <laughs> happen. Yeah, dude, he would have been, man, we wouldn't have had fucking Bush number one. <laughs> fucking Dukakis if he didn't get in that tank. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Polyamory, the tank. Oh, dating apps, man. I got on there. I matched with this girl and she had on her profile uh, two comms. It was likes and dislikes. And under the likes comm, it was like taking her dog on walks, going to the beach, margaritas with her girls. I was like, I can get down with all that. That sounds like a fun time. It's going to be a fun date. And then I looked over at the dislikes column. It's just one thing. Small dicks. That was it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Small dicks. She just it wasn't it wasn't like genocide or herpes. It was just like the, the one thing in my life I don't want. Small dicks. I get it. I mean nobody likes small dicks. Even dudes with small dicks are like, this sucks, but fuck. I would take, you know, fuck, small dicks over genocide any day. I <laughs> I make that into a t shirt. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the font. Uh, <laughs> it would just—it would be like red Comic Sans, probably just irritate people. But I can't—I don't—I don't hate on like women for what they put on their like dating profiles or say online because I know what they get in return. I have female friends, which I know sounds like something who does not have female friends would say, <laughs> but I've seen what they, they receive from dating apps. And if you're like a woman in 2019 and you like don't respond to a dude's message on like Tinder within the first 30 seconds, you just get like a hundred death threats and 30 dick pics like smattered him. Like, like he's just like trying to type out the intro to a law and order SVU script on your fucking Tinder thing. Uh, I want to try this last thing out uh, real quick. Who here's been in a three-way? Yeah, a couple people. There's no joke to that. I'm just trying to see who the cool people are. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Carl, I'm so glad you got back together with your blender.
I was, I was pacing back there, like worried about what was going to happen. Oh, geez, you guys. I tell you what, man. I, I just can't stop picking on you guys. I can't help it. It's just, you're just, you're, you're, you just ask to be victims. Like, victimhood is like your number one. And it just reminds me of like Jesse Smollett. You know that guy? Peak millennial guy. He set up his own hate crime and then got busted for it. I mean, they found him through his Uber. Not even smart enough to use a getaway car, man. That's what's wrong with your generation. And they found him with a Subway sandwich. Like, what is this, some sort of like Instagram cross-promotional thing? Like product placement he's doing? Like some fucking... And I mean, I got to tell you, poor Safeway. They're like, first Jared, now this. Like, we just make sandwiches, guys. Get the fuck, keep us out of the, the news, for fuck's sakes. But I tell you, it is one peak millennial moment, that whole case. I mean, he just achieved peak victimhood. That's like the greatest social achievement you guys could take. If anyone from my generation set up that crime, they would have set themselves up to be the hero. You guys just got it all wrong. <laughs> all backwards. Anyway, hopefully this cat doesn't have it backwards. Give it up for S Sonny Dennis. And I walk this street past the crazy sound my fly, and I see the Thank you very much, alcoholic Brian Cranston. That was, uh... Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You're also great as the dad in Westworld. Um, I don't know if anyone gets that, but fucking it's dead on. Yeah, I know. It's not very funny, but it's solid. Um, <laughs> Carl, you look like a millennial Luigi who's like, instead of mushrooms, just like vape pens he gets, you know? Yeah. By the way, Rob, what the fuck, man? You call me on the spot about algebra for no reason? Like, where's the clitoris at, bro? Uh, yeah, it's not very nice, is it? Oh, boy. Oh, man. What's going on, guys? This has been a great festival. I'm having a fucking blast. Let's hear it from Mutiny Radio. Good times. Good times. I, uh, I'm millennial as fuck. It's a problem. I gotta, like, tone it down sometimes. Like, uh, here's the difference between Gen X and millennials. Gen X didn't follow their dreams. They were told not to. Whereas millennials, everyone was told to follow their dreams. <laughs> Which is a problem, because not everyone has good dreams, right? This is true. I can, I, can, I, can, I can explain because I'm one of those kids, okay? When I was 11 years old, you know what my dream was? To be the first child on the MTV show Jackass. <laughs> I see five guys shitting in a hot tub. I'm like, you know what's missing from this? An 11-year-old boy! And I could be him! Yeah. It was weird because like there was kids at my school that were like, you know, playing basketball every day because they wanted to go to the NBA, you know? And I'm like stapling my nuts to a hockey stick. It was a weird... <laughs> My dad was all upset. He's like, if you keep doing this shit, you're gonna be in a porta potty. And I'm like, really? You mean it? You think so? So I want to get pushed over in them. That's the uh, that's the goal here. Uh, what else? What else is about millennial of me? Do do. Oh, you know what the other dream I had was to be on a game show. Okay, but not even to win a game show, just to be on it. Specifically, <laughs> Slime Time Live. You guys familiar? Yeah. I didn't. That's such an achievable dream. I could have done that, and I didn't, which makes me feel like a bigger failure in life, you know? But I realized Slime Time Live went off the air a while ago, and Nickelodeon doesn't slime people as much anymore. They don't slime at all, which is weird, right? You'd think that there'd be a reason for it. So I'm waiting for like an infomercial at two in the morning to come on, and it's like, if you were slimed into the 2000s now have mesothelioma, <laughs> 
Please call the law offices of James Sokoloff. You could be entitled to a free trip to Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Which is, you know, like, uh, what's the guy that hosted Double Dare? Like Mark Summers? He's on trial for poisoning thousands of children. And he's like, I had no idea the information wasn't available. And the judge is like, well, Mark, you can do 30 years in prison or take a physical challenge. Yeah. Mesothelioma. Yeah. Oh, man. What the fuck was up with Gak? Do you guys remember Gak? Nickelodeon Gak? It was not a toy. It was just a little pile of placenta that you've... You didn't play with it. You just made fart noises and ruined your dad's carpet. You know? I want a toy that smells like burning plastic and makes my parents hate me. Yeah. Thanks, Nickelodeon. Oh, boy. Uh, what else? I got, I got, you know what's millennial? 90s movies. And I love talking about those. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have heard some of these, but I'm going to do them anyway. All right. Uh, did you know that they made four Free Willy movies? Four Free Willy movies. Yeah. You know what you have to call that fourth one? A very obtainable whale. All right. <laughs> like, by the third movie, you've earned the whale. You can keep the whale. There's more fish in the sea. We'll be okay, right? And it's like, for there to be a fourth Free Willy movie, people have to watch the third Free Willy movie, you know? So I just wanted to know who's at home, like, damn, Willy got captured again? <laughs> well, of course we're gonna see it. What if he doesn't get free, you know? <laughs> Which would be a much better movie, in all honesty, right? Free Willy 5, The Cove. Yeah. Starring Michael Vick. Uh, it'd be great. It'd be a lot of fun. And like 40 Japanese guys, right? We want diversity in Hollywood, and we're gonna get it one way or another. Uh... <laughs> Let's talk about Airbud. You guys fuck with Airbud? No? The golden retriever with a heart of gold? Come on! Man, what couldn't that fucking dog do? He's like running for Senate and like doing drone strikes, you know? There's nothing in the laws as a dog can't drone strike. Yeah, that whole thing. I, uh, I don't think there was ever a script by the fourth or fifth movie. It's like two guys in a room like, do you just want to see a dog in rollerblades? Inline canine. Let's do it! Yeah. Uh, what, does anyone know what year Turner, or who, Turner and Hooch came out? Off the top, is that, would that be a your generation movie or a my generation movie? That's your guys? Yeah. Fuck. All right, well, I'm going to talk about it anyway, okay? Uh, so, you guys do, uh, any, any hallucinogenic takers in the crowd? All right. So, the best way to do hallucinogens, I've realized, is with somebody you love. Okay? The couples that trip together stick together. This is true. Now, uh, my fiance is not, I'm a little more on the, the other side of the tracks than she is. She's a good person, Asian. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not that. I'm into doing grimy shit, okay? So I'm good at being on hallucinogenic drugs. I'm good on being on acid. She's not as good as me, okay? So we have to plan out our trips, you know what I mean? Like whenever we do uh, acid, we always do a cheese platter. Cause that's classy as fuck, right? You guys ever been on acid and had a cheese platter? It's some next level shit, okay? <laughs> Fucking Pink Floyd and prosciutto, it's a good time. Um, but we do the cheese platter, and then we find a movie to just have on in the background, you know what I mean? And you know what's always a good movie? Some like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, having on in the back kind of a thing. And I thought a good movie to have on would be one with a dog. Turner and Hooch, right? Tom Hanks and a big dog for an hour and 45 minutes. And uh, it was like as late 80s, early 90s as it could get, because he's, uh, he's a detective, not a cop. He's a detective. <laughs> Takes place in Chicago or New York. That was the only place movies happened back then. <laughs> and it's not even a fucking movie. It's just like, look how big this dog is. 
look at him tear up my apartment and my office and my cop car. But it's perfect for our for our acid trip. You know, we're having a blast, okay? And then it takes a big south turn with like 10 minutes to go, okay? Because they find the guy that killed Hooch's owner. And uh, then they take Tom Hanks hostage, and they take the dog hostage. And the, right now, my, my fiance is getting like, she's getting all antsy. She's tripping, and she's like, what's going on? You didn't say this was going to be this type of a movie. And I'm like, sweetie pie, it's a 90s movie. They're not going to kill the dog. They never kill the dog, okay? And that's genuinely what I believed, okay? And it keeps kind of going on, and like, Tom Hanks moves out of the way. And then Hooch jumps up to get the bad guy, bites him. And I'm like, yeah, see, Hooch has got it. And then Hooch gets shot. Okay? And I'm like, ah, oh, maybe it grazed him. And there's a close-up of dog fur and a bullet coming out the other side. So I can't, you know, oh, movie magic. She's freaking out. She's not having a good trip, okay? And I'm like, sweetie, it's gonna be fine. It's the 90s, they don't kill dogs, okay? That's like, that's like 50s and 60s shit. You know what I mean? Rintins and Old Yeller, all that old stuff. But uh, also, Tom Hanks' love interest in the movie is a veterinarian. So I'm like, this makes perfect sense. You know, bring him to the girl and they're gonna say, that's what happens. They rush Hooch to the veterinarian and then Hooch just dies. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but Hooch had puppies, so it's okay and Tom Hanks gets the puppy. It's like, no, fuck that, because she's sobbing, okay? <laughs> Not because Hooch died, but because she trusted me, okay? <laughs> I know, uh, we're getting married next year, so. <laughs> Let's hope it goes better than that movie experience did. Oh man, you guys like drugs? That's a cool, that's a big millennial thing. You know what's weird? I mean like, hallucinogens I feel are more of like the, the new gen, like the Silicon Valley kids, and then like cocaine, which is my other favorite drug, is more of like the Gen X drug. What's your jam? Weed. Weed? Really, if you had to choose between a good mushroom trip and a good cocaine binge, what would it be? Okay, I like your style. Uh, you see, the, I know for, that's better for me, honestly, but man, I like cocaine. Like, cocaine's great. I accidentally became a cocaine dealer when I was uh, 18. <laughs> it's very, that's the thing everyone's like, oh, what's it like growing up in Hawaii? I'm like, it's pretty fucking weird sometimes. Like, shit, <laughs> shit happens, okay? Let me paint a picture for you, okay? The year was 2010. Hannah Montana was still Miley Cyrus, you know? <laughs> Lil Wayne was the greatest rapper alive. Shit was different, okay? <laughs> Now I had just gotten accepted to Maui Community College because as they told me, you will get $5,000 from the government, okay? It was called the Pell Grant, or as I call it, the hell yeah -ent. Uh, It's not a lot of money to you guys, but it is to me and my very low expectation of living, okay? First thing I did, bought a truck for $800. Then I went to the local dormitories, paid a year rent right away, yeah, because these dorms also doubled as low income housing for the public. That's true. When you're trying to earn a degree, you can share a bunk bed with a 40-year-old man trying to get his kids back. <laughs> it's crazy. They had, they had like a rec room and like half of it would be like, all right, we're having movie night at Shrek 3. And then the other half of the rec room would be like, all right, we're having a Narcotics Anonymous meeting tonight. So nice mix of people. Uh, I hit the jackpot though, okay? Because I got roomed up with two 40-year-old uh, people, the guys that got out of prison recently. And you guys are like, that's not good. But it is, because I grew up white in Hawaii. So this is my chance to be cool with Hawaiians. You know what I mean? Because like they don't, man, they, they call us howlies. They do not, understandably, okay? Because uh, historically speaking, white people are like Willem Dafoe. I don't know what the role is or what the movie is. Pretty sure he's the bad guy though, okay? <laughs> and that's what it was like in Hawaii. They're like, you're howly, fuck you, you know? But 
two new roommates got a chance to do something different, try to do something new, okay? And they liked, you know, they always would ask, they knew I had trucks. They're like, hey, can you give us a ride to the other side of the island at two in the morning? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm woke as, I was woke before being woke was a fucking word, okay? <laughs> I was playing all my reparations, white guilt, all that shit. You guys are all new to this, all right? Back in Hawaii, we've been living this since day one, all right? <laughs> now, I ended up like taking them like for like weeks at a time, just all over the place. And, you know, it was like me making me feel good. Anyway, one time with the guy, I was like, can I give you gas money or anything? And I'm like, no, nah, it's all good, man. I'm just helping out my roommates. He's like, you're a good guy, man. Why don't you check your glove compartment sometime? And uh, I never did, you know? And then a week went by and I looked at my glove compartment and there was seven grams of cocaine in there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I didn't do cocaine. I was kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. And the next day I went to school, one of my classmates was like, do you know where I can, I'm at a bachelor party. Do you know where I can get some blow? And I was like, dude, I totally do. Like, <laughs> And it just happened. But here's the thing. I started doing, cocaine is, that's the thing about a drug problem, okay? The first like hour of that movie is pretty great, okay? The first month of a drug problem is awesome. You know what I mean? Because I'm selling it too. So it's not like, it was like Scarface, but instead of like, you know, the push it to the limit montage, but instead of like uh, fancy cars and women, I was just going to IHOP a lot and getting... <laughs> playing Xbox really late, you know, it was fucking, it was a good time. And uh, you know what's weird enough is the, the IHOP was the problem with the whole situation, okay? Because it was 24 hours, all right? It was next to my dorm. <laughs> One day I sold all my cocaine, had seven, no, I had $500 cash in my pocket, all right? Feeling good, and I'm like, I'm gonna go get some pancakes, why not? Let's enjoy the night. And as I'm leaving my 2 a.m. breakfast, I see on the table it says, buy a $50 gift card, get a $20 gift card. And my eyes lit up, all right? Because I realized my money was worth more in breakfast dollars. <laughs> so I just liquidated all of my assets and invested it into an economy based on pancakes, okay? <laughs> I walked out that door with $700 in gift cards, yeah! It, was a, it felt great for like 12 hours. And then I woke up and was like, man, you know what I would prefer over breakfast? Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> the people that bought cocaine for me, you know what they didn't like? Gift cards. It was a, they didn't take the gift cards back. It was a whole messy thing. And my life got shitty after that. Like I had to move out of that dorm. I was still addicted to cocaine. People, I ended up selling half the gift cards for like 40 bucks. It was not a good look. And the big irony came when uh, I had to go back to that... Uh, you know, that, that Narcotics Anonymous meeting in those dormitories? And like one of the guys was like, man, I lost everything because of, you know, the cops. They kept coming in and always, you know, fucking with, I got arrested, it was a whole thing. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. And the other guy was like, yeah, I was getting high on my own supply constantly, so that's why it didn't work out for me. And they're like, what about you, Sonny? How did it happen for you? And I was like, ah, stuffed French toast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Uh, I, got, I think I got time for one more here, all right? So uh, I'm gonna let you guys do a little choose your own adventure here, okay? Uh, you got to, let's talk about my relationship, okay? You wanna hear about the, uh, the music in the relationship or the role playing? All right, well, that's much more fun. Okay, so I've been with my fiance for eight years, okay? And I thought it would be easy by now, like you have the cheat code, it's all figured out, you don't have to worry about anything. That's not true. I have to do so much more stuff, especially in the bedroom, okay? The thing this year was role playing, which I thought would be fun, like I'm doing an accent or like an eye patch or, you know, something fun like that. No, what my fiance wanted me to do with role playing is pretend to break into our apartment and hold her down. Okay? Yeah. Something we found out about role-playing this year. I'm terrible at sexual assault. 
which is not a bad problem to have by today's standards, in all honesty. But in my relationship, it is, okay? Because it's her fantasy, and I'm ruining it, okay? She's like, if you're not even going to try, don't even do it. And I'm like, God damn it, first it's the bookshelf, then I'm making enough money, now it's the rape. Ah! You're just like your mother. All right, you guys have been great. Have a good night. Oh, give it up for Sonny Dennis, my college roommate. Well, he was in college. I was his roommate. You know what happened. Oh, man, trading money for gift cards. That is some crack logic, man, for fuck's sake. That was a good one. All right, man, well, give it up for your comics you saw tonight. Robert Pang, Carl Berger, and Sonny Dennis. Unless you'd like me to just roast you guys for a little bit longer. Go out and enjoy the rest of your free time before the next show. Who's up next, Pam? Uh, the next show is... I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> I can't even remember anymore. Oh, the time machine. The time machine. Time machine. Jokes yeah. backwards and forwards in time. Or just jokes. I don't even know. That's I, a perfect I, explanation for Mutiny Radio yeah. this weekend, right? <laughs> the time machine for Pam. Just yeah, the what is it time? Is. It's crazy. All right, give it up one more time for yourselves, everybody. And come back for the rest of the festival. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento honestly is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. 
Counter Offers menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offers serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> know anything about it sorry all on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um yes you can also find us on social media m as in mary l as in larry p as in peter podcast mov podcast is our handle until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That, was, that kind of sucked balls.
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast. 